Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Fanny Finch, volume 50 pounds. Fanny Finch. It'll be better than that, all right? That was just the, be- yeah, that was that just was the beginning. Fanny, yeah. Fanny Finch. Fanny, <laughs> Fanny Finch. Fanny was fine, 50 pounds. Forever she will be in our hearts. Yeah, you, you do the poem. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the song. <laughs> Here we are today. Day in paradise. It is. It is indeedy douche and Neil. Welcome to the podcast we call Chickstery, a podcast about chicks in history. Oh. That's Evie Jones. I'm Eddie Potato. Um this is Mm. season two, episode 175. Yes, we are getting through them. We are getting can you believe we've been doing this for this long? Like, I, I think this is my longest relationship I've had, like, so, wow. like, you know, a long time. Yeah, it's good. I think it's the longest job I've had. <laughs> I, was to- I was talking to someone yesterday about hard work and how I'm not a hard worker yeah. and how some people call themselves hard workers. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're not like, a hard-, hard work is going to a factory and working a 12-hour shift or maybe a double shift in an e- emergency department. Like what oh. we do is not hard work. No, exactly. Hard work is going like on uh, going into a mine and going down into yeah. a mine and, and being yeah. out of daylight for 10 hours and yeah. working hard work. the tools. It's, it's amazing hard. how... Yeah, that's really hard, really hard mentally, physically, yeah. emotionally. Um, your whole self-confidence is gone because you earn such little money, you know. Yeah. I mean, those miners don't. But, um, you know, but there's yeah. Yeah. people that say they work really hard. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. No, you don't. You don't know what a hard day's work is like. Show me yeah. your hands. Show me your blisters. Show me your bliss, your calluses. Show me your PPE work. Hard work. Hard knocks. It's a hard knocks life for Mm-mm. us. Uh, what's What's been going on? Last night, mm-hmm. I went to my very first book club meeting. I've I've got a book club because that's the kind of smart I am. Right. And um, we, what happens in a book I club? I've always wondered. Yeah, me too. I was quite nervous because I didn't know anyone but one person and there's eight of us. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And it's like going to school for the first time, but with a lot of alcohol. Okay. (laughs) Nice. So tell us, do you, what, you go to someone's house and you... We we did a restaurant, a bar, a a pub with a a private dining room. Okay. And uh, a few people brought the book. I had mine on audio, so I couldn't. I did bring mine because it was on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, what book is it? It was The Secrets of the Savoy, Secret Life of the Savoy, which is oh, a yeah, hotel in, in London. Yeah, a shit book. Um, <laughs> we, what you do at a book club meeting is you each talk about what you thought of the book, give it a, something out of 10, and then after that, and then there's an average, and then after that you all discuss what the next book should be. And in between all of that, it's just a lot of talking and drinking and eating. Right. And how long do you get to read the book? We got two months. 
Okay. I thought the book was shit, but I didn't get to give it a rating or a review because I didn't finish it. Oh, the right. So you're not allowed, you're not entitled to an opinion because you didn't finish it. No, I would have given it two and then I would have doubled that because I didn't finish it, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't get the chance. I think if you don't finish it, that says more than if you do finish it. So do I. You give it a rating. I think you're more entitled to... to I agree and I think it deserves that too because I could not go on. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else gave it a really bad review, so I feel vindicated. Yeah. Well, I mean, stupid them for reading it all the way through. Thank you. (laughs) I cry. I cry. I don't like pressure on book reading. So, because I normally have like three books on the go. I have to be, depending on which one I want to read. And I don't know, I think a book club would make it feel a bit like homework. And I don't want It is. It actually is homework. You've got to do it. And I had an hour's left of reading on it and I could have done it yesterday. I actually dug my heels in and went, no, I don't want to. I'm not doing it. it. I'm not doing it. And yeah, they that's can all the worst when you just don't care what happens to the characters. You don't care about the story. You just couldn't yeah. give a shit what happens. Well, this book that. was, it should have been a great book. It was three generations that ran the Savoy Hotel okay. and um, the beginning guy, beginning guy, the first guy, he was really good friends and partners with Gilbert, Gilbert and Sullivan. And so it went right into oh. them and... But the writing was so bad and there were so many mistakes and she just didn't have the research that she could have had. The very first story that she told, which was a prelude, was about this woman who stayed, this couple, I think they were from um, Iran. Mm. You remember back in Iran, it was magnificent. Like they were like the the people to be, the country to be. It was just so trendy. and. She, they were a very fiery couple and she, and they described this beautiful satin dress that she was wearing. And anyway, she ended up murdering him in one of the bedrooms and Mm. um, in one of the rooms, the suites. And it was so great because I think that dress is still, you can still see that dress. It's in a museum somewhere, blood stained and everything. So I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Well, there was not one other story like that. The rest of it was about Mm. how much doily cart Richard Doily Cart paid for the drapes and the carpets and how he got the lights to work. And I was like, oh, for fun, I'm falling asleep at the wheel here. <laughs> and everyone agreed and said that that prelude was so good. Right. It really got, got you, got you in. in. Yeah. Oh. And then she blew a load at the, at the start. And then. Yeah. There was one guy left. in the, um, in the book club that said, you know, this is my bread and butter, this kind of a book, but, oh, God, it was dreadful. And we all went, and everyone clapped him. Because <laughs> it's like, well, if he said it's shit, then it's shit. Um, also, I got a <laughs> response to my review from the restaurant that we went to last week. Oh. And it's so frustrating. Are you ready to be frustrated? Please. Now, we did tell everyone about our experience at Barbecue Panda, yeah. Panda Barbecue in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a review mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you the review. Shall I? 
Shall I give you my review first? Yes, and please then read yours. Please do. All right. Dreadful experience. One star. No one helps you. No menus. Must read from your phone. Must order from your phone. Then follow up each individual order as it never comes to your table without the follow up. The food was tasteless and the wine was warm. This was the bread in the menu and this is the bread that arrived. Do not go here. Here's, your, here's our response. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing your feedback. We are sorry if your dining experience didn't match your expectations. About your feedback, we give you following respond. Mm -hmm. About the ordering system, we have, a, have ordered a new system. It allows diners to check out our full menu with matched images, which will be way more helpful for all diners. Apologise for the inconvenience. Paper menu is also available on demand. I did demand it. Well, I didn't demand it. You know what I did? I asked for it. Can we just have paper menus, please? No, we don't have them. You yeah, say so you didn't right. demand it, Evie. That's I should have demanded it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Okay. About the customer service. We pay attention to customer service. Now, check this bit. This, mm. is, the, this is the bit that's going to get you. Okay. Please, please. Therefore, we checked CCTV to see what exactly happened to your table. It showed that our wait staff followed up with your table multiple times. So I don't think this complaint is true. So they actually said, "I am uh, what I what what I said." There, it showed that our wait staff followed up with your table multiple, multiple times because so they had to. Yeah, they had to keep coming over, didn't they? And you know what? They were empty-handed most of the time. So what oh were they following goodness. up? Oh, that might have been us calling them over. We're just, just follow waiting. Up. We're still waiting on our Pinot Noir. Yeah, we're still, we're still waiting, waiting on our Mia from 20 minutes yeah. ago. What about that lemon chicken? Is that coming? Oh, God, my we're goodness. White. Oh, my goodness. Okay, about the food and beverage. It's, oh, it's oh, still going. still going, yep. We had brief chat with your waiter who served your table. He told, he, who was a woman, mm. he told the management team there was no complaint from your group. Therefore, we are shocking to see that you actually left unhappily without giving us a chance to fix it. Right. That's it. So apparently you've got to demand something and then yeah. you've got to complain. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell everyone right now, anyone that owns a restaurant, bar, cafe, whatever, yes. business, yes. I won't complain to your face. I will give you a bad review. If you don't do your job. Yeah. And you're so, so surprised when, I, when someone just does do what they say they were going to do. So How extraordinary that we call it extraordinary. Anyway, so um, I, I will not complain to your face because I don't want that confrontation. We left and went to a comedy club and we had a great night. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And we laughed about the experience. And I knew in my head I will be giving them an, a review mm, mm. and I will let other people know what it's like, not giving them a chance to fix it right. Yeah. Yeah, and also like, you know, if you're a brand or whatever, don't blame don't blame the customer and make the customer feel like it's, you know, you're, well, you should have done this and you should yeah. have done that. It's like, no, yeah. you should have done your job. Your job. And just your job, you know, just to wait on us and to serve us things that we had ordered yeah. to make sure that your system works mm. Mm. <laughs> and to mm. make sure that the fucking white wine is cold. <laughs> That's enough. I mean, we will actually yeah. say it's incredible. <laughs> That's how low that's all our we bar need. Is set. 
just give us some cool wine and we'll be yours forever. Forever. We will sing your praises. You'll even get a good review from me. I hardly ever give bad reviews because I do give reviews all the time. A lot of people don't know that about me. I give reviews all the time. I think they're really important. Yeah, they are. And I always give good reviews to good businesses. I want other people to know, use them. Make sure that they stay around. Yeah. They are important. Get rid of them. Yeah. And, in you know, look, in this day and age, especially for someone who works in marketing, a.k.a. myself, Mm. um, reviews are so important because a lot of people, that's how people now, that's word of mouth. That is how people find out about brands. And, you know, we made a mistake. I mean, I don't know. We, I don't know if there's any other bad reviews, but we didn't check the reviews before we went to that that restaurant. And, uh, you know, that's something that I'm going to start doing. I've I've rebooked another restaurant for my birthday and I made sure I read the reviews for that restaurant and they they were glowing like outstanding so look they probably serve cold wine chilled wine and 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 they probably don't get you to demand things but that's all we want okay it's all we want it's all we want people anyway anyway um can we talk about a couple of things i've watched this week which um i wanted to share with you uh yeah first of all the new kate winslet yep Watched that. I'm spewing that was only one episode. I didn't know. I would have back I would have backed it, um stockpiled it. Yeah, it's it's a weekly it's coming out weekly. The next episode's coming oh, so out in a couple of days. They did that that but, Nicole Kidman did that to us too, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frustrating. But it's good but it because great. it does build your, your anticipation of kind of, you know, wanting to yeah. wait for because you know, the whole thing's not gonna be finished till June and I don't wanna I can't now that I've started, I can't can't not, not watch it as no. it comes out. So it's also going to build my forgetfulness because <laughs> I'm my brain's not so good anymore. But um, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So Kate Winslet, um, how hot is Guy Pearce? Mm, all I could think of that he would smell like tuna because his body what? is so lean. You know those protein people. <laughs> I just remember this story that and a friend oh, of mine said that he hooked up with he hooked up with Marcus Graham. Yeah. And he's Marcus Graham has got a body like that, you know, just lean, ripped yeah. for an older man. Right. And my friend said that he just smelt like tuna because that's all he eats. Wow. Is tin tuna. So you're and, and and smells watching. like tuna. <laughs> While she's kissing him, I'm thinking, oh, what if he smells like tuna and, raw and, and boiled <laughs> Oh, God. No, he's always been lean, though. I don't think it's because yeah, he, he eats cheap tuna. Um, no, no, but I think that at that age, you'd have a bit of a pot. And oh, he but he, yeah, no, he's, and God, it's so unfair, isn't it, that men just get better with age. He just, mm. he just. Oh, well, she has as well, I think. I, I think. I think she has as well. She looks fucking unbelievable yeah and, she really does she really um, suits aging she does she really does and god she's a great actress and i just was reading about the um the series and you know the the accent that she's got is particular yeah. to that place in um philadelphia which is the town that where it's set and mm. um she insisted on learning that accent mm. she's um, very good and she, with god, her. she's good She's got a very good ear. She's one of the only actresses, actors in the world that can do an Australian accent as mm. well as Australians. Mm. Very um, good. Is so that like that. a linguist? Or? Yeah, watch it. On I Foxtel. think 
the just straight off, I think the uh, the father mm-hmm. of the young mum, mm-hmm. his jacket was a plaid, and mm-hmm. when she saw the peeping tom or whatever, his was as well. Oh, okay. So I think he's going to have a lot to do with something. Yeah, he because he's already. Um, but I mean, but it's obvious though because he's well. He's that's nasty. it. Unless. Well, unless there's other characters brought in, the only yeah. characters we have been presented with, yeah. it's obviously not the young bitchy friend. No, no. Because that's too obvious. And then I think it does make you turn to him and go, no, he's too obvious, so you turn away. I think well, you know, come- I even had a bit of a like, mm, Guy Pierce maybe. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I don't know, but we'll see. It's a murder mystery. She's a she's a detective. Um, Kate Winslet's a detective in this yep. small town, and um, yeah, it's about kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's just about that, that how that small town deals with um, crime, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's a bloody wet, cold town, isn't it? Oh, it's bloody. Looks bloody freezing. Ugh, couldn't stand miserable like that. Yeah. Um, also, the do- the girl that plays her daughter. I was looking and I was like, oh, I know that face. And I've yes. just watched Ladies in Black. Have you seen oh, Ladies in Black? I, God, I don't think movie. I have. Yeah. No, I didn't see it because it didn't get great reviews. And, you know, no one raved about it. Rachel Taylor and um, Ryan Core mm. and that young actress. Right. Yeah, she does the look main familiar. character. Yeah, yeah. Really, really great movie. I really liked it and I think you'd really like it as well. Okay. Well, I need to pop that on the list. The other... The other thing I've watched this week that I just devoured mm-hmm. is the series called A Teacher on Foxtel about a teacher. Oh, I started that. And, an, and the affair with the, with the student. Yep, I did start that. It's, the acting is so fucking good that the girl who plays the teacher, I don't know her name. Yeah, she's a Mara, isn't she? One of the Mara sisters. There's Rooney Mara and Kate Kate Mara. Right. She is unbelievable. Her mm. acting is incredible. And her the chemistry between her and the student is just so good. Like wow. the casting and the chemistry, like them two is just it's so believable. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's yeah, it made me cry. It made me like it makes you question you know, morally, you mm. know, love and, and, you know, all those things. Like, you know, they were just two people in love, I guess. Yes. And yeah. just how that can ruin everyone's everything. lives. Yeah. And yeah. everything, you know. Um, and I was talking to a friend about it the other night and we, you know, remember that, remember that teacher that, that was. Um, Mary Kay Latorno. That's yes. what I was going to say. They're still together. Yeah, are they? Because Philly we were is his is is her husband. Yeah, they're still together. They're still together, right? So yeah, because she went to jail, yep. came out. They had they've had babies. They've, yep. you know, I mean, I guess the age difference. She came out of jail. But, mm. Big big difference. Mm. She, he was twelve when they met and got together. Yeah, that's... Um, she came out of jail. Was not allowed to go anywhere near him. Mm. They met in a, her car a few times and had sex that way. Got caught. She went back into jail. Right. And he never, ever stopped waiting. Yeah. And when he, he was an adult, yeah. they couldn't do anything anymore. So they got married. They couldn't do anything to them anymore. Yeah. So they got married and they're still together. She had four children. 
to begin with that she left for him. And they have four children now, I think, four children of their own. And they're yeah. still together. He gr- has grey hair now. It's incredible. It's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? I know. And they still say, you know, we were just, we're soulmates. Yeah. It really makes you question, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but it's like how, who says that these two people can't be together if they're not hurting anybody? I know. I mean, it's, I, well, I'm I talking now about, about a te- yeah. I mean, I'm talking about a teacher because he's 17. He turns 18 while they're just after they have their first little dalliance. Yeah. So he's 18. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, it just makes you think. Who? What are they? Mm. What harm are I they think, doing? Yeah, I, I think there just has to be a duty of care with teachers mm. that it can only happen after. It can only happen when they are not in um, a teacher-student relationship anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, it's, um, look, it's Because there's a big difference between women being with teenage boys and men being with teenage girls. There seems to be a huge difference in the grooming process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they don't often end up together. Mm. when it's a, a man and a girl, mm. the mm. opposite can, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. it's There's interesting. Just a, a lot less creepiness when a woman does it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, you know, that sort of comes up in the, along, you know, throughout the show because, because there's a point where, you know, they start blaming each other and saying, well, you, you did this first. And she says, well, no, you did this first. And the truth is they both wanted it at the same time. Yeah. So it happened at the same, it was like they were both on the same page with all of that. And it wasn't like she was grooming him beforehand no. or the other way around. So they yeah. both are kind of stuck in this like, well, whose fault is it? Like wanting to blame someone, you know, and obviously she's the one that gets in trouble for it because of her duty of care. Mm. But um, I yeah, think that duty of care comes down to the teacher, no it matter does. what the gender is. She should have said, she should have said, absolutely not, not while we're in this yeah. situation. But then the show would be over. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> we can't have that, can we? We can't have that. Um, yeah, right. Is that it? Have we, have we, have mm-hmm. we caught up? Are we good? Are we, is everything? Anything yeah, else? I think so. You want to say, no. you want to get off your chest? No. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, which we know you probably are, let's face it, um, can you do us a favour and subscribe? Mm. Review us? Mm. What else, Evie? Give us five stars. Oh, five stars, please. Thank you. Follow us on the Instagrams as well because um, when we remember, we do put updates there. We do. Chick Street underscore well. podcast. That's it. And um, if you want to email us, you can. Mychickstreet at gmail.com the end have you got a chicken the now or have you I got do. a word of the week no i've got a chicken the now because it is as we're recording this it's um world earth day it has been i think world earth day goes across uh two days the 20th of april to the 20th is that when we put the lights out um ah mm, oh, for one hour i think so that is part yeah, of it we should yeah. find out when we all turn our lights out i yeah, so I want to tell you about a woman called Christiana Figueres. Ooh, and I hope close. I'm saying that right. 
F-I-G-U-E-R-E-S. Figueres. Figueres. She's from Costa Rica. Yep. She's an international diplomat. And she basically was appointed Executive Secretary of the UN Frameworks Convention on Climate Change, so the UNFCCC, uh, in July 2010, so five years before the Paris Agreement was signed. Mm -hmm. She, so they, they had attempted to do the Paris Agreement, I think, six months earlier in Copenhagen, and it, and it, didn't, it didn't work. They couldn't come to an agreement. The whole situation was in a fucking shambles. So uh, guess what? A woman stepped oh. in. Oh, fixed it up. Fixed it up. Didn't she fix it up? She fixed it, didn't she? <laughs> she did. So from her, the time that she started Ooh. in 2010, um, during the next um, five years, she worked to rebuild the Glomit. Glomit. What is that? <laughs> That's, that's global and climate, I'd say, put together. <laughs> so, <you>? during, yeah. <laughs> so during the next five years, she worked to rebuild the global climate change negotiating process. And oh. that led to the Paris Agreement in 2015 um, because she's a woman and she knows how to have good, healthy negotiations and debates Mm. she didn't want to go for an all-in all-nothing approach but instead try to progress in small steps she spent much of her time approaching key stakeholders beyond just governments she engaged insurance companies science community faith groups youth and women's groups and other members of society to encourage them to partake in global efforts to address climate change um and because of her, basically, you know, 2015 is widely recognised as a historic achievement when 155 heads of state came together to send a strong political signal of support for, um, for climate change. It, it actually broke a world record of having that many heads of state in one place wow. at the one time. The, yeah, the, the Paris Agreement was unanimously adopted um, with the goal of accelerating the intentional transformation of the global economy toward low carbon and high resilience. Um, as we know, mm-hmm. uh, Trump withdrew the mm, US. Withdrew. One of the first things like he did. Like a And but yeah. Biden, I think, within a couple of hours, rejoined yeah, he's it. In. He's the, they're back in. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thanks to her amazing woman for, mm. but I could just imagine like Christiana Figueres, I could just imagine her just, she's, you know, walking into this shit fight of a, of a you know, it was in a really bad state and just going, right. Okay, 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 okay. Everyone just yeah. calm. All right, you sit down. Yeah. You sit down. All right, no, take that. Put, take your finger out of your nose. All right, yeah. now you yeah. stop. Let mansplaining. him go. All right, here we go. Stop mansplaining, right. everybody. Yes. We're going to Be take quiet, a really please. calm approach. Everyone take a breath. That's right. That's, That's good. It. Okay, we're doing really well. All That's right, now great. listen to me. Okay. And fixed it. And let's get 155 countries on the same page. What a fucking legend. What a legend. Christiana. And a good name, Figueres. Figueres. Clap, clap, clap. She's a ledge. 
And uh, so have you got this week? <gasps> oh, you're gonna like this one. Oh, that's what you say every week. Well, Imagine not. if at the end I say I didn't really like. I didn't that like one. that one. Mm. Well, and that's completely up to you. Yeah, completely. I'd never say that. I like all all of them. On January twenty-two, eighteen fifty-six. Oh, started with a Scottish, ended with a Kiwi accent then, <laughs> didn't I? An extraordinary event in Australia's history occurred. Yes, it's an Australian one. I love it. it is not, it's not part of our collective national identity. Hmm, not surprised. <laughs> Nor has it been put into a song, a mm. bloody poem. No. Not even a bush tucker dance. Bush tucker dance. <laughs> it doesn't even have a hashtag. Oh, what was it? But on this day, in the thriving gold rush town of Castlemaine, or Castlemaine, Castle people Maine. like to say, from Castlemaine. Yeah. I don't say Castlemaine. I say Castlemaine. Castlemaine. Two women took to the polls and cast their votes in a democratic election. Two days later. What? They're not Melbourne, allowed to do that. Mm -mm. Two days later, Melbourne newspaper, the Argus, or Argus, yes, A R G U S. We've quoted Argus? the Argus before. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Unwittingly granted one of them posterity writing. Two women voted. One, the famous Mrs. Fanny Finch. Mrs. Fanny Finch. Told you you're gonna like it. Oh. Okay. Let's talk all things Fanny. Yes. Fanny Finch was a London-born businesswoman of African heritage, a single mother of four and the first known woman to cast a vote in an Australian election. Wow. Victorian women over the age of 21, excluding Indigenous women, of course, would not receive full unconditional suffrage until 1908, as we know. Yep. Victorian Indigenous women were not enfranchised until, do you know what year? 1965. Oh, right. right. So a little Jesus. bit later. A little bit later. Fanny Finch, as mm. a local business owner who paid rates, was able to exploit a loophole in suffrage law that was yet to discriminate against gender or race. Wow. The Muni Municipal Institutions Act of 1854 granted suffrage to rate-paying persons. Oh. The loophole was eventually closed oh. in 1865 when persons became men. To men. All right, yeah. So, Francis isn't that? Finch, can I just say, just on that, isn't that funny? Because, yeah. like, that would have been written just with not even having women in mind. Like, persons just would have meant men. Men, yeah. And I love that she's gone, oh, I'm a person. Yeah. I'm a person. Yeah. And some big buffoons would have gone. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's not what we meant. How does anyone get women in that? <laughs> it said persons. Person. Persons are men. Persons meaning men. Yeah. <laughs> Francis Finch was born Francis Coombe or Combe. C-O-M-B-E. Combe? Combe. 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 Combe, I reckon. Yeah. In London. In 1815, her unmarried mother had a tryst with a footman and then abandoned her at eight weeks old. A tryst. Across, 
A tryst. I love that word, a tryst. Oh, I just had a tryst on the weekend. A dalliance, a.k.a. a tryst. Yes. A cross-stitch sampler attributed to Frances Coombe in 1830 at the age of 15, suggests she understood both her parents to be free people of African racial heritage, although the UK did not free slaves unconditionally until 1838, Mm. so eight years later. Mm -hmm. The London Foundling Hospital, where Fanny was accepted as an orphan, provided her with some protection against slavery, as well as an otherwise inaccessible education and access to an apprenticeship scheme in household duties. By 1837, a 22-year-old Fanny was a free, literate, educated and experienced domestic servant. In that year, she was approved a labourer's free passage to the new colony of South Australia. Oh. In Adelaide, wow. Fanny was a valued employee of Julia Wyatt, an author, artist and wife of the surgeon and first protector of Aborigines, Dr William Wyatt. Oh. Over the course of the next decade, Fanny left their employment, married a sailor, Joseph Finch, and started a family. By 1850, for reasons unknown, Fanny had left her husband. With her four children in tow, she made her way to Victoria. Reasons unknown. "Mm, Yeah, we know why. Oh, we know why. We know why. She arrived in the colony 12 months before the start of the Victorian gold rush. Oh, By early 1852, she was operating a restaurant and lodging house on the Forest Creek Goldfields alongside about 25,000 gold-digging men and a handful of women. women. Yeah. Wow. And this is South Australia, yeah? Is that what she's... No, this is is now over in Victoria. Oh, she's in Victoria now. Victorian gold flush. Right. Mm -hmm. Gold rich, Mm -hmm. gold... Gold rush. Yeah. Rich, rush. Right. <laughs> she she got she left with four children in That's, town. Oh, she left and then went to Victoria. Okay, got it. Yep. Yeah. On, on she track. got there one one year before the gold rush started. Oh, that's it. You said that. So okay. she started a rest. Stay with me. There in the fledging township of Forest Creek, mm-hmm. Mrs. Finch's board and lodging house became the only one in which any person could get respectable accommodation. By 1854, she had moved to nearby Castlemaine, where she ran a restaurant. She quickly became one of its most recognisable faces. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo. We'll put that up. That's a photo of her restaurant oh, in the Gold, Gold Rush days. Fantastic. In the town of Castlemaine. It's on the corner of Latimer's Lane and Urquhart Street, if you have been to Castlemaine. Is it still we'll there? Have, well... I don't know. It just says that's circa 1858, that photo. Mm. So I'd say unless it was heritage listed, no. Yeah, no, yeah. A six, Fanny was a successful businesswoman known to dress in bright blue silk with her black hair adorned in artificial flowers. Mm. Strong and robust with an even larger personality, she was not one to shy away from attempting to remedy injustice when she saw it. Good be it with her words, her cooking, or her fists. Mm. Her words, her mm. cooking, or her fists. I've seen all three at the same time. Today I'm going to go and bake a chicken. Cooking lady. <laughs> um, evidently she possessed visibility and power. Her business acumen and mm. cons- conspicuousness make it probable that her male contemporaries were unsurprised when they witnessed Fanny cast her vote at the Hall of Castlemaine, now the Theatre Royal. 
did the men taunt her, encourage her, or were they complacent? We cannot know, Annie Potatoes. I think we can fathom a guess. I think, I think we can have a guess. <laughs> we do know, Annie Potatoes, yeah. that no one stopped her. We do know well, that. Well, she, you know what she, she did? Selected. I can imagine her. She's walked to say, this is what she's done. This, I know, I've got it. She has cooked chicken. I reckon like KFC yep. style crispy chicken, oh, like yep. big drumsticks, and she's walked into the yep. hall and as men have come to have their say at her and be like, what are you doing in here? You're a woman. She's just like thrown a chicken drumstick at them and because men like chicken, they've just caught it and ate it and she was just doing that, walking through Get the hall, just but throwing chicken it. at them. Yes, it was they working. They were all eating, shut them up because they're eating and she cast your vote. Oh, my God. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's we good. We can update like that it. Wikipedia page later. <laughs> yes. oh, I'm going to do it. She selected her preference and she signed a name. Yep. Now, the Hall of Castlemaine where Fanny Finch cast her vote can be seen to the right of centre. We will put that photo up as well. Wow. Look at Castlemaine back then. Wow. Oh, with his horses. Fantastic. That afternoon, however, the two assessors of the day disavowed both Fanny and the other unknown woman's votes. Their reasons were cited as mm. they, the women, mm. had no right to vote. No right. <laughs> no Further details right. were not divulged. Just that's, <laughs> that's enough, just, I think. That's it. Yeah. That's all we needed to hear. The women had no right to vote. They had yeah. no right to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Still, Walter Smith, the man for whom Fanny voted, was elected to council. Smith was an agent and brewer who arrived at Forest Creek at around the same time as Fanny. Oh, they little get it on. known. Little known is about what motivated her to vote for him, but no one else, despite being allowed to vote in seven councillors, she was clearly determined to elect him to council. During colonial times, women were rarely identified by name in the press, mm-hmm. particularly women of the working class. Right. The 1856 Argus report now offers historians an unprecedented opportunity to identify an otherwise invisible minority, the 19th century Australian woman of colour, mm-hmm. as an active participant in our political history. Fanny was a woman who, through relative privilege wielded with her own blood, sweat and tears, refused to founder beneath the weight of a white Anglo-male word of commerce. This is a great great article. As a woman of colour occupying space in a white man's world, Mm. assaults Mm. on her success were not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yet she refused to disappear. One of those assaults occurred in December 1855. Fanny Finch was fined £50 for the illicit sale of alcohol known as sly grogging. Sorry, but Fanny Finch was fined £50. Fanny Finch was fined $50. £50. Fanny Finch was fined £50. After a month-long trial... 
which involves scandalous cross-examinations of minors, policemen, even her two young sons. Mm. She was charged and fined. 50 pounds. Despite the exorbitant fine. That's a lot of money. What's that in like today's money? money. That's like $8,000. Yeah. Despite the exorbitant fine and the public slandering of her character and commercial integrity, Fanny Finch was not defeated. (laughs) Like many business people on the goldfields, she both owed money and was owed it by others. Mm -hmm. But over the following four months, she began an unprecedented campaign of self-representation. The day following her conviction, she published a letter in the local paper accusing the local authorities of injustice. Yes. A copy of this has not survived. A month on, she cast that vote. Then a few months later in April, she published the following advertisement. Mrs. Finch begs to inform the inhabitants of Castlemaine that henceforth she will carry on business for her children and would be happy to receive any outstanding debts, finding that the more she herself strives, the more she is oppressed. Although she can firmly state that if those who are in her debt would come forward, each with one third, she will be relieved of all debt have a good home for her family and about £2,000 in her pocket. Fanny Finch also begs to state that as her affluence, she was so kindly trusted, they may be sure that she, from her own free will, may someday liquidate all, but she must have her time. And in spite of what enemies she may have, she intends to keep throughout the winter ready-cooked ham, beef, soups a la mode from seven in the morning to seven in the night. That is insane that she has just gone. She has a voice on her. She's got a voice on her and she's just got, I'd love it. I love it back in those days when they wanted to say, you know, when you wanted to say something, you just put an ad in the newspaper or you just published a letter in the newspaper, kind of yeah. like today's Twitter Facebook, or yeah, Facebook. Twitter. Um, and that she's just gone, fuck it. I'm going to just say these people owe me money. If you would just pay yep. me back my money, I can continue to feed yep. you people. Yes. Yes. And I bet they did, a few of them. Yeah. Fanny died on the 15th of October, 1863, aged 48. Oh, that's young. That's how old I am. She was remembered as a strong-minded woman. Yeah, With a genuine tenderness of heart, ever ready to serve another in distress without the slightest ostentation. She was given a public burial in an unmarked grave at Castlemaine Cemetery. Is it still unmarked or have people? I don't know. We should go and look for it. We should. What an extraordinary woman. Yep. Really extraordinary. That's Fanny Finch. She was fined 50 fucking pounds. Fanny. She's a great a- name, Fanny Finch. Fanny we Finch. We salute you. We do salute you. How incredible. Like that one. A woman, you know, in those days coming to Australia on her own. Black. It's a black woman. It, having four children, deciding, well, I'm going to leave my husband because he's being a dick. And go to a town with like 25,000 men. And then and just, a handful of women. And a handful of women. Yeah, she would have 
most wow. spoken to men on a daily basis. What? How extraordinary! That is just mm. amazing. It's very, very unlike. I mean, you know, it goes back to what we were saying once about women of the land. Yes, they are kick-ass women. Yeah, they are not to be fucked with. Exactly. They are tough as nails. They really are. Still are. You know, she probably kept that little town going with her ham hock soup and her, you know, little restaurant yeah. that she had going yeah. there, um, yeah. you know, and, and the, the loans that she would have lent out and, you yeah. know, not, not gotten back. Yeah. And, and she's only asked for a third of them back. She only asked for a th- She didn't even say, give it all, give it all back to me. Just give me a third. And she gave so much away that she said, if she just gets a third back, she'll have 2000 pounds in a pocket. That's yeah. a lot of loans. Isn't it? Fantastic. That's a good one. That was good. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time. Look at you. You've got to the end. So if you're still listening, I'm just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.